Hi everybody, my guest today is Sam Pope. Sam is a singer, guitar player and actor who has appeared in such shows as All or Nothing where he played Steve Marriott. He also appeared in the UK tour of American Idiot and was due to play one of the roles in the Bat Out of Hell tour just before it got postponed due to COVID. In the last uh, six to 12 months, so things have gone pretty crazy for Sam as due to his TikTok account, he uh, has become quite famous performing sea shanties, no less. Here's what he had to say. Hi, Sam. Hello there. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That was the greatest. In- that was the greatest introduction of <laughs> any of these videos ever. And I've if anyone is doubting why I enjoyed that so much, then they really need to watch more of your stuff. They really do, and they need to watch more of this. All the Star Wars stuff that I've got I on here. <laughs> say, I meant. I meant to say actually how much I'm loving all the Star Wars stuff you're doing as well. Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It came out of nowhere as well. Like it was just, I didn't, because I mean, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, I've been doing uh, a bunch of TikToks and uh, videos online and I started doing them back in January and they suddenly took off because of sea shanties and I was doing a bunch of sea shanties, but I started every video just saying, hello there. And the amount of comments I got saying, like, you sound like Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequels. And then the moment I started hearing it, I was like, oh, yeah, I do a bit. Cool. I'm going to keep trying to make it sound like Obi-Wan Kenobi. So now that's just my thing now. It's great. Well, all the, all the Obi-Wan Kenobi impressions that you've been doing as well. I watched one the other day that you did from the from the prequels, which was just mm. loads of his lines. Oh, my God. They were so spot on. It was unbelievable. <laughs> well, the trick is having it up on YouTube in front of you and then listening to it and... <laughs> Just repeating it straight after while it's fresh. Oh my God, we've got so much to talk about. We're gonna, we're gonna come back to all of this, okay? But we're gonna yeah. start by going back, as I do, uh, to the early years of Sam Pope. Mm. Um, wait, listen, man, you're you're a super talented guy. You sing, you act, you play the guitar. Um, where? So, which one came first? When did it start? Um, singing, I think, to be honest, and that was because I was I stuck. My parents were very big on making sure that I tried pretty much everything, music-wise, sport-wise, everything when I was younger. So when I was about seven, maybe, um, and I was at my my uh, primary school, they enrolled me in choirs and things like that. So I sang um, with a bunch of different choirs and a few, uh, one that was, uh, which which became my secondary school. So they my secondary school had a, a cathedral, that, or not cathedral, sorry, it wasn't that big, but like a, a big old chapel. <laughs> It wasn't its own city, you know. It was, it was just, a, just a chapel, but um, but they they had uh, you know they they every Sunday they'd be singing uh, hymns and all sorts. So I was a part of that, and that just got me singing. Had lessons through all the way through that, and it wasn't until my uh, you know I became a teenager and got all angsty and was like, I don't want to sing choir anymore. I want to sing cool stuff. That um, I started changing my style a bit and trying to write you know in a more poppy, you know, sing and write in a more poppy uh, kind of vibe, but. Um, because that was when I then decided to pick up guitar. Okay, so so you picked up the guitar about that time as well. So around that mm. time, when you got to the teenage years, and you're very receptive at that point, who were your influ- influences at that point? I think my biggest influence was Jason Mraz. Okay. You know Jason Mraz, yeah. yeah. So he was. Um, I was pretty pretty obsessed, to be honest, like with his style. Like I was, a friend of mine, you know, kind of introduced me to him, and we ended up going to see him in a few really small gigs. One at the Cambridge Junction um with about 120 people uh, and this was before Jason Mraz was really known in the UK at all I think it was before he brought out I'm Yours um and 
and yeah I just got obsessed with him and I was trying to mimic his voice and I think what what really inspired me about him was that his his vocals were always immaculate there was never he never dropped a note no matter what whether it's a live performance didn't matter like he was so spot on and the the range he had the ability to flip into falsetto and all this kind of stuff it was just incredible and I was desperate to try and uh, imitate that as best as I could um so when I started playing guitar and I did start I started on electric but I very quickly shifted to acoustic just in order to um support myself singing and writing and uh, I was just spent hours and hours trying to you know copy his songs and trying to find that tone that he had um but I think if it wasn't for him I wouldn't have carried on with music in this in the way that I did to be honest nice um I also ended up getting a tattoo that's the same one that he's got that says rest area on my shoulder okay. nice wow <laughs> I wanted to get man. one to kind of represent him but it was uh it's just a tattoo that he happens to have and I was like oh I like that I'll take that why not nice, man. well you listen man we've all had those inspirations you know what I mean and mm. uh, um, so where was where did it go from there? Do you remember? Do you remember your first gig and what was it? And were you in a band and stuff like that? <laughs> it's funny because I think technically first gig not paid but first gig playing was I was at school and it was I was probably about twelve and I just started playing guitar um, and a bunch of my friends from from that school decided we were going to form a band. There was some sort of talent show or something. So we decided we were going to form a band um, and we did Red Hot Chili Peppers and we did Californication. Great song. Um, and I remember, yeah, I just remember, I remember kind of rehearsing it and everything. And I'd only just started learning guitar and my friend of mine who was playing lead guitar in that band had been playing it for about three months or four months. And I'd only been playing it for a few weeks. Um, but I was sort of saying to him, Hey, you can do the lead, but is it all right if I just like strum along with some chords or whatever? Like, and he was just like, Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. And I could tell that he was a little bit put out and being like, I'm the guitarist. How dare you stick to singing? What are you, what do you think? You are? Um, <laughs> what are you and trying then, to say the about, worst us part about that? The worst part about that is that when I start, when we started performing, when we started playing, the moment I started playing my guitar, it was completely out of tune. And oh. to this day, I'm convinced that he detuned it just before oh, the gig. I'm convinced. Yeah, I know. I'm convinced. I can't because he kept going. Oh no, you put it by a by by a radiator. I'm sure the heat probably warped it and put it really out of tune. And I was like, at the time, I was like, oh okay, yeah, I'm sure that's right. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have been you, would it? Anyway, we're no longer friends, so <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine he's gonna go right. I'm gonna tell you and just gonna move all your yeah. tunes out of tune. Oh my god. Um, yeah. So when did the? I mean, so what happened from there? How did you get where you are? Uh, like to your first pro gig is what I'm mm. trying to get out, I think. Well, I started doing, um, well, as I went through secondary school, I kind of realised that uh, performing uh, and acting and singing, that was was really the only thing I was better than people at. Do you know what I mean? It was the only thing that I could do that I was like, I'm confident that I can do this. Um, so I ended up going to university, uh, Manchester, and did uh, three-year course there in drama. Um and then found myself doing more music than I did actual drama. Like I made more friends in the music department. The music department and the drama department were in the same building. Okay. Um, so we crossed paths a lot. And I just ended up making more friends that were musicians and singers than I did the actors. But I started doing pub gigs, uh, playing guitar, and obviously with all the people there in, Man in and around Manchester. Um, so I think one of the first ones would have been either a pub gig or at the very least some sort of student festival or something along those lines i can't really remember the very first one that's that's what's yeah. ridiculous it was it was i mean university three years of 
drinking and well, you know, yeah, I was going to say it must be a fun time. <laughs> so it's crazy, but um, but yeah, it was. I mean, I I think university is really where I decided that I was going to veer away from acting in terms of theatre acting and um, and and performing in plays and things like that. As much as I still enjoyed it, I just knew that singing and and you know music was much more my uh, yeah my bag, my cup of tea. But, um, I mean, I would say yeah. having having sort of stood with you for a, for a, a long period, you you are equally as brilliant at, at everything, uh, both. Oh, things. thank you. you know, I mean, no, genuinely, <laughs> yeah. And again, we'll get onto that a bit. But your first, your one of your first big sort of main uh, gigs was um, a show, a musical called All or Nothing, which was uh, mm. based on the Small Faces. And you played That's right, yeah. Steve Marriott, didn't you? That's right, yeah. So that was that was probably my first major uh, role and major show. Uh, so how, did, how did you get to that point? How did you like? What was the audition process like, etc.? So that was um, we. Well, I mean, first of all, I had I had an agent at that point. I'd had an agent for uh, two or three years uh, after leaving. Uh, so after university, sorry, very quickly, I went. I went on and did a, a year's postgrad diploma at the Royal Academy of Music um, okay. in musical theatre. So that right. was after my uni days, I was like, right, I need to get down the music route uh, yeah. and decide I was going to do some extra education in that. Um, and off the back of that, managed to get an agent, um, auditioned for a bunch of shows, didn't get too much in terms of theatre, but uh, worked on a couple of cruise ships singing and uh, in the cast on there. Um, and then off the back of the second cruise ship, got an audition for All or Nothing. And it was, the, the rehearsal process was great. It was so much fun because it was, it was one of those shows where the writer um, of the show called Carol, Carol Harrison, um, she really, really had a very particular vision about recreating exactly how the small faces were. So she was very particular about who was playing each role and, you know, look wise and more importantly, energy wise. I think it was about finding people that really represented the, the energy of each character. Um, so in our rehearsals, you know, I did maybe two or three rounds uh, initially where you went in with a guitar and got asked to play some 60s stuff so just did your own things uh, and then eventually got given some of the small faces songs and they said right can you come back in the next day uh, and they had a, I think the first two auditions were just me and you know in the room playing in front of them but then after that they very quickly brought in other people that were going for the other band members and had us playing together in various combinations okay. so we had a whole round where I think I was involved in about three different combinations of 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 the band um and it's funny because the, the the guys that got the gig with me uh are now to this day still my best friends um which is amazing like we're still really really close um and we when we think back to it like we were in different combinations but i don't think it was until the very final audition that they ever decided to put us together so it was on that day i don't think we ever played as a group it was always with someone else in a different role which was crazy but um but this but yeah <clears throat> sorry to interrupt but i just wanted no, to sorry. point out a thing about this show for people that hadn't seen or do, or don't know about it it was you guys it was an actor muso show so you guys not only were playing the roles but you were also playing all the instruments it was it was a live performance from you guys musically right. as well that's right yeah and if anything it was one of the um mo more authentic uh actor muso shows that i think i've i've heard of um i know that there's there's been a few that have gone on to west end and things like that but um there wasn't a, we, we toured for uh, 18 months or so um, and then did a, a, 
a couple of stints in the West End, one at the Arts Theatre and one at the Ambassadors for a couple of months each. And um, through that whole time, they never clicked, clicked tracked us. They never kind of had any other backing music. It was always live and it was always us playing it. Um, and it was, you know, obviously for myself, that meant playing electric guitar, playing the lead and singing. And, uh, and we had a guy um, called Alex uh, who was on the, on the Hammond and the, and the, the organs that they used to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a guy called Stanton who was on the bass and Stefan who played the drums. And uh, yeah, it was, it was incredible because I, what, I, what I think was, was most shocking about it was that when we did our rehearsal process, once we got the gig, we did a week's worth of rehearsal just as the band. So we went to a pirate studios um, over in Earlsfield in uh, kind of South uh, uh, West London. And um had a week's worth of just playing music and just learning the music. And from day one, we all had tremendous banter and like, and so much fun with each other. And it was just, it was, it was as if we'd been mates forever, which was crazy because we'd only just met. But right. um, I think that was really a testament to the casting because they cast us as these characters and yeah. we were all quite similar to the characters anyway. And the characters were best mates, like the actual small faces were all best mates. So the, yeah. It just seemed just seemed to work. It was great, but it just meant it made the whole process so much easier and so much more fun. And when you're when you're literally, it's like starting and starting a band. You know, it wasn't yeah. just a rehearsal process for a show. It was it was like we were a band and we were you know starting off at our first few gigs and things. Did you not feel like double the pressure though, having to having to act your way through a show and having to play your way through a show as well? I mean, that's a, a lot, little bit. That's a lot on all of your shoulders, all four of you, to be doing yeah. every night. A little bit, yeah. To definitely to start with, I think the pressure was there, particularly because for me, I I'd done a few, as I said before, I did a few acoustic gigs uh, and things like that, but I'd not really played in a band before. Um, but two of the others, Stanton and Stefan, the bass and bass player and, and drummer, um, they'd never been in bands before, and they, in fact, they they'd learnt their instruments when they were younger, but they hadn't been like keeping it up for a while like this this these were instruments that they they put down for like five or six years mm. um so to suddenly get thrown into the idea of being in a band we did our, i think our first gig that we did um was i think it was at the half moon in putney yeah and um and it was for it was like a kind of little teaser for the show and it was you know they invited a bunch of the hardcore fans uh from the previous tours that they'd done and um and it was great but it was such a small venue but it was really really intimate and lovely but the moment we got on stage, like we did everything about twice, twice the speed that it was meant to be because of nerves, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but, um, but again, it just sort of gelled. I think like the fact that we, we all just got on and we, we all just had this pact that we're going to get up there. And if we mess it up, like if I'm like, if I, you know, forget a lyric, I'm just going to go, no, 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 no. In the same way that Marriott would have done. It's like, that's rubbish. Just start it again. And then just start <laughs> the song again and not worry about it. Do you know what I mean? Not, not sure. be like, oh God, so sorry. But just like not be apologetic and just, you know, almost go balls deep into the characters. And, uh, and it worked because it just, it just made us so much more relaxed that we, yeah. we didn't feel like there was a pressure on us because we were being these other people. Um, so they were judging them and not us. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it sounds like for you in particular, I think, not that I ever saw you in it, but I can imagine how brilliant mm. you were playing Steve Marriott. You know what I mean? Oh, because, thank you. And be again, because I've heard you sing a lot, I can, yeah, I can just imagine. So, um, 18 months that ran for you say so around the UK and a bit in town as well. Mm. That's right. And then, uh, so when that all wrapped up your next, uh, your next gig was American idiot, I guess, was it? That's right. Yeah, pretty much. I did a pantomime in the, in December and then, uh, went straight on to, to American idiot, which was, that's, um, that's where we first met. So just to fill people in, yeah. I remember, I remember meeting you, we were in, 
here. We were in Dunstable at the Grove. Mm. The Bankle was up in one of the upstairs rooms and, and we'd been sort of rehearsing all day. And I remember Rob saying, yeah, Sam's going to come along in a bit. And I, was, I wasn't quite sure what that meant um, because I didn't realise that your character in the show was mm. at certain points was to play with the band, you know, and little did I know yeah. be up on stage with you on the mezzanine and it would all be very yeah. much part of that. But I remember you turning up and you had your guitar and you would sort of, you know, we're playing and then you get up and then I think we did holiday or something like that for the first mm. song with you and you were just rocking out. I was like, this guy's got it all, you know what I mean? And then I like, seeing you <laughs> in the show. So tell me about your, the, the whole thing from your perspective of American Idiot. Well, it was such a change of pace from, from All or Nothing because as, as, as much as All or Nothing was a rock show, you know, and it was a 60s rock show, it was a biopic as well. It was about the band and it was, you know, so it had, its, it had you know, some really epic music and it was, you know, lights and shade and everything. But American Idiot is just all, it's just go from the minute, from yes. the minute you start the show. There's no respite. It's just no. kind of hard hitting rock all the time. And also it was probably the next step towards being, um, you know, I hate to say it, but like, a, like more of a, a traditional musical in terms of you know, the amount of choreography, you know, the fact that it's it's kind of nonstop and there's not a huge amount of dialogue. It's mainly music like that sort of that sort of change in pace was was very was really interesting for me because obviously I was used to doing it where it's basically a play with some music, whereas this yeah. was a musical, you know, it was full on. Uh, but it was just so much fun. I don't think I mean, I've, I've been a big Green Day fan since I was a teenager anyway. So I kind of knew all the music and, and have always loved the music. So that was a, a big help, you know, to just yeah. already be so familiar with everything. Um, and to paint a picture it, of your, your character, his name was, was it Will, your character's name? Will, yeah, that's right. He yeah. was just a, a proper old school kind of stoner, never wanted to do oh, anything yeah. with his life kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. literally had, you know, your sort of flat was the, the bit on the mezzanine up where we were. And, you know, you got the sofa, it, yeah. the guitar hanging on the wall, which you'd come up and you'd pick up and then you'd start playing some of the songs with us. Yeah. Songs and, um, yeah, man, it was, yeah, just, uh, again, brilliant, surely, for you to to be doing something like that at that point. Absolutely. Well, it was just, again, it was another step along the actor Muso route. And for me, that's the perfect combination of everything that I love doing. You know, it's, yeah. it's being able to perform and put on a character, sing and play the instruments that I've spent all these years learning. Like, that's, yeah, no. you know, I couldn't really ask for more from a, from a show. Um, yeah. And it was just, yeah, and again, it was so much fun. I mean, it was one of those characters where, uh didn't have to stretch too far being a little bit of a lazy lazy drunk on a sofa that's you know that's, that was yeah it wasn't so much acting really as uh just chilling yeah, but, it's weird uh, because when when we finished in each town you know like you'd still be on the sofa we'd be like come on yeah. go <laughs> you'd be like no i'm good here. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to worry about transport to each venue i just slept <laughs> on the truck in the sofa it was great but <laughs> but um yeah it was so much fun so much fun and I was really really pleased that um because I know when I when I accepted the job I I I had sort of been hinted that I that I would get to play the guitar and I'd get to do that kind of stuff but I didn't really know how much and I didn't know to you know how and where I'd be doing that so when it came out to seeing the set and seeing as you said that we had the, the the set and then the mezzanine and that you guys were up here and then I had my own little section but I could just literally walk across and effectively join the band yeah. for you know, was, however many numbers in the show. It was the greatest thing for us as well because it would just change it up you know that you know would yeah how many songs was it that you played on in the in the show? Was it I don't know it's probably four I can't maybe remember. a few yeah because there were a couple when I played over near the the sofa as well so it might have even been yeah, six true. or something like that yeah maybe um 
I mean, without just going through them all, I can't remember. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely yeah. played on, I think, about maybe three of the first five, I think. Yeah. Um, and then a few later on because then there were a couple as well when when we played acoustic where the three leads played acoustic down on the stage of course um, yeah. for Wake Me Up When September Ends and yeah. uh, and obviously the end the encore the end of the show when everyone yeah. everyone was either playing or pretending to play guitar pretending to play yeah <laughs> but everyone, everyone had guitars that's the main thing yeah yeah great man yeah it was yeah, obviously I've I've had Tom on here I've had um, mm. Sam Lavery on here as well and we've sort of been oh brilliant about our, our memories of um of the show, particularly that last matinee that we did, you know, and yeah. everything that was going wrong and all the fun that went with it. Yeah, man. Um, I just, the one thing I remember from that matinee was um, uh, Nick being, uh, obviously he was stood in between you and me um, on the mezzanine. And um, there was a running gag that, uh, well, we used to have all these running gags. We'd play rock, paper, scissors in the middle of a song. There was a bit where there was a guitar solo and he'd drop out for eight bars or four right. bars or something. And we just play rock, paper, scissors during right, the song. Okay. Um, so we kept doing that. But then there was a bit where I can't remember when it was in the song, in, but towards the end of the show where he just lifted up his shirt and he'd written, I got Heather pregnant written on, on his, on his body. <laughs> Heather being the, the, my girlfriend in the show, as in like the, the character girlfriend who, who gets pregnant. And he was like, I got Heather pregnant. And it was just, but I obviously didn't know what was happening. So it was like reacting. Like, oh, what? No, how dare oh, you? Yeah. So but good. it was so good. There were just we so many little. You mentioned little... Siobhan actually, she who played your yeah. girlfriend in the show. How yeah. absolutely brilliant she is as well. Oh, yeah. she's just phenomenal. Like... So after American Idiot, um, yeah. Uh, so we got to talk about Bat Out Hell because this this story yes. takes a bit of a twist, doesn't it? With everything that's going on a bit. But um, tell me, you were all lined up uh, to do the UK tour of Bat Out of Hell. So tell us about that. That's right. Yeah. So based this time, well, uh, January last year, um, we, you know, everything had been cast. It was all set. We were going to start rehearsals, I think in March, I think we start rehearsals. Um, and uh, we did two weeks of really intensive rehearsals, got the show down. Um, everyone was stressed out because obviously two weeks is not a long time to learn an entire show. Um, but then by the time we got to the end of two weeks was obviously everything with COVID was kicking off. And um, we were about three or four days away. Uh, from flying out to the to the US and starting our tour in New Jersey, um, and obviously and everything shut down and everything went and it was yeah. it was really surreal because it went from we were in this bubble you know the, the cast bubble as everyone talks about where you know you're not really investing in anything else going on because you're focusing too much on learning your lines and you know getting to know your castmates and everything um, and we got to the last few days and we were still rehearsing in London but we were walking. To when we whenever you walked to the rehearsal uh, venue, uh, London was just empty, and it was just it was crazy. You know, we're talking like Friday nights or, or Friday during the day, or you know, whatever. And it, there was just no one about because obviously everyone was starting to prepare themselves for the fact that this COVID was going to be a thing. And um, yeah, it was devastating, really, because we were no, so close know. to going. Yeah, and then and uh, you know, and we're not the only ones, and there were so many shows that you know, no, that's right, that that's lost out. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really bring the whole COVID thing up on here um, mm. because it's a nice place for people, you know, to sort of get away. But, but with you now, you know, it's there's a couple of things that are very, it's very relevant. Mm. The first of being about out of hell. So you were supposed to go to America first. That's right. Yeah. So we were going to do New Jersey, I think. Um, and I think we're going down towards Florida in Miami. Okay. We did a, a few uh, a few venues over there. So we did, I think we were going to do three weeks over there. Uh, come back have a couple of weeks off then we were going to do 
uh, an arena tour in Australia, which would really? have been insane. So we, yeah, so we were going to be in 10,000 seater venues and all sorts. So crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and then come back and then start a UK tour. Um, well, that was a big the deal. Good thing more about than just it a UK thing. Well, yes, yeah, so, yeah, it was. It was literally an international thing, and they were talking about you know other uh, other countries we were going to go to at some point, going to New Zealand and especially mm. Asia, all sorts of places. Um, but the positive thing is is that despite everything, the uh, the company uh, and the um, the producer Julian, um, who's been involved with the show for a long time, is they're lovely people and they're so invested in getting the show back up and running that I, I have all the confidence that at some point it will go back out again. Um, uh, yeah. they, do you know what I mean? It's not one of those where they go, Oh, never mind. Oh, well, no. on to the next thing. No, they I, are not, so invested not with in that it. one, man. I mean, I've, you know, not only you, but there was a couple of other guys from, from idiot got on there as well. Cause Glenn got the lead right. as well, didn't he? And you were, what was your role? Mm. Cause wasn't it covering his, covering him on a couple of shows. Yeah, so I was so I was playing well, um Glenn was playing Strat, who's the yeah. lead role. Um excuse me. And I was um I was the alternate for him. Right. So I was going to be covering him but also alternating so I, because, just because it's such an in, intense thing. Obviously it's meatloaf and it's yeah, high course, and it's yeah. and and the show is such high energy like yeah. they d- didn't expect people to be able to do seven shows or eight shows a week. So the other thing we need to talk about on uh, mention the COVID thing is because with having had that huge gig taken away from you temporarily, at least mm. something else kind of happened in your life. <clears throat> yeah. You need to tell us and explain now what is a sea shanty? <laughs> well, a sea shanty is my new favorite thing because of COVID. Uh, but uh, it was basically back in i think it was back in november or getting into december and um i just joined uh tiktok which um was never an app that i thought i was going to join to be honest i think there was there was a lot of stigma around it people assumed myself included assumed it was you know quite a youthful app and meant for people doing silly dances and little comedy skits and stuff i didn't really see it as a as something to, for music really okay. um but i joined it nonetheless and just started playing around fell in love with it and fell in love with the ability to collaborate with people on the app you know they have a duet feature where someone will post a video and then you can do your own video that's alongside it and just you know add whatever you want to add to it and, you know whether it's just you know something funny or just a harmony or an instrument or whatever and um and i just loved that feature and i was using it all the time um and then suddenly, the, yeah, people started playing sea shanties or singing sea shanties, um, usually a cappella, and just like and just using it and just thumping on a table or you know a kick drum or something. Um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to give that a go. Why not? You know, a few other people are doing it; they're doing quite well with it. Um, so I recorded a couple, and I recorded, uh, I think I recorded one. Uh, Romy Bully Boys um, was the first one I recorded, uh, which is from the uh, Robin Hood film um or it was it was filmed it was written for it by um alan doyle okay. um and uh and she goes and we roll me bully boys we're in a hurry boys we got a long way to go it's just this long it's a beautiful song okay um and so i thought i'd do a version of that but i'd also seen uh, this feature on tiktok where you could create duets so that other people can sing to encourage people to sing along with you so you write the lyrics on the screen colour code them so they know what they get to sing, leave gaps so that people can do little verses themselves and things like that. So I did a few of those. Um, and my account at that point had, I think, about 
17 or 18,000 followers, which was still phenomenal for me. I was like, that's, I'm well happy with that. Um, and then for, for no, I have no idea why, other than it just became a trend. But um, those videos started getting millions of views and, you know, and hundreds of thousands of, of, of likes and comments. And my followers went from about, I think, 17,000. I think I'm just about approaching 700,000 now. As, and that was two months ago or whatever. So it's just mind-boggling how it works. And, and most of those, the first 500,000 or whatever, just came in January. So it was just four weeks worth of this. Um, and it's just become, I mean, it's, it's slightly dying down now. But nonetheless, the last two months have just been nothing but sea shanties on there. And it's just people doing their own, finding these really fun, obscure shanties and, you know, and putting them on TikTok and people duetting them. Uh, yeah. The biggest, the most famous one, people would have heard of is the Weller Man, uh, which is the one that's really taken the world by storm. There was a yeah. guy called Nathan Evans who did a version of his, uh, did a version of that. Uh, and his video did pretty well. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, astronomical, but it was pretty good. And then all what happened was a bunch of people started duetting it. So there became this long chain of videos um, of people adding bass lines and, uh, you know, tenor lines, whatever. And it just created this massive wall of sound and it was amazing. And, and it just completely took off and got millions and millions and millions of views. Um, and Nathan's now got his single, you know, a single out for it and, you know, an EDM remix of it. And he's been on, you know, all sorts of TV shows, he's doing a tour, all sorts of things like that. Um, but uh, it was just, I just couldn't believe it. I just had no... Craziest thing. I mean, there's it's nothing just... that... In, Nothing that could have prepared me for sea shanties becoming a thing ever, like, but no. let alone at a time like this. It's crazy. No, of course. But, you know, great for you that it, it's really sort of filled the time. On, Absolutely. On, <laughs> been feeling, you know, been feeling a bit low about, you know, missing out on that, you know, on out of hell not happening and every, yeah. the other crap that's happening. It's really, yeah. really giving you something to, to focus on. But also I've got to say, Sam, that I'm sure there is, a lot of a lot of shit on TikTok, you know what I mean. And the reason, yeah. the reason you've done so well is because you're so bloody brilliant at it. And I, <laughs> Thanks, I genuinely mate. mean that. And it's not not just the fact that you're so, you're so good at doing that. It's all the other stuff that goes with it. Like we we're saying about the Obi Wan Kenobi impressions. And I was I yeah. was watching one on your Instagram that it was someone was stomping bubble wrap, you know, and yeah. you were singing in time, and then it stops, and you're like, oh, that's it. And it, oh my god, I burst out laughing because it was. Just, <laughs> Oh, brilliant um what was the what was the band that was there something you did of a band and they they posted it of, 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 yes so i did um all time low it was yes, the band, that was it. and i did um i did uh dear maria that's what it's called okay and um and i uh actually weirdly enough i was approached by a marketing team that worked with the band in the uk and they emailed me because of the sea shanties i've been doing and said do you think you could turn this song into a sea shanty and do a version of that and i was like yeah i'll give it a go so then went away and you know took the lyrics and rewrote the melody and you know gave it a kind of slightly more sea shanty vibe with the kick drum and everything and uh, and yeah that was i mean i've had quite a few of those come in now that sort of uh, that sort of commission work where people are trying to cash in on the whole sea shanty yeah. vibe um which rightly so you know why not Absolutely. it's not to be here forever but i mean this, um, is how, this is how crazy it's got there right so a uh, couple of weeks ago I'm I'm sitting with Mel and the kids and we're watching Saturday night takeaway. With <laughs> yeah. And they talk about, Oh, you know, they're going to do the sea shanty thing at the end. And I said, because I, you know, I've not been on Instagram that long. I've only started since I've been doing all this. And because of being on there, I saw the stuff that you were doing. So I said to them, Oh, you know, Sam from American idiot, he's like doing all these sea shanty things now. And he's like, 
He's like, mm. it's all going crazy for him now. I'm like, oh, really cool. So we're watching it. It gets to the end of the show. And who turns up on the screen in the background? It's you. Crazy. Yeah. Really is. And that was, that, was, that was the work of about three days. I think we got told that on Thursday. We, you know, well, actually, because weird enough, so from, from the back of the Wellerman song, um, which actually was a trend, that song, I wasn't involved with that. I didn't duet it. I wasn't involved with that. But the people that were uh, reached out to me and basically said, do you want to sing the lead on, um, on our version of Wellerman that we're going to put out with a bunch of bass singers? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. It'd be great. So we created this group called The Weller Men and uh, have released a version of Weller Man. And we're currently working on an album of other shanties and other songs. Um, not all shanties, some just folk songs. Some are kind yeah. of from TV shows. Uh, got um, uh, 16 Tons, um, which is a great song, but it's a bit more, slightly more jazzy. Um, and uh, But the, the, we got signed by a record label for that. So that record label were the ones who were approached by Anton Deck. And apparently Deck is a, is a fan of the Wellermen. So he approached our label and said, can we get them on the show towards the end and just to film something? And yeah, so in a couple of days, we all filmed our own little version of their song. And it was crazy. It was really crazy. Like, I wasn't, you know, again, something you just can't predict. Do you yeah. know what I mean, like, out of, you know, that three days after getting a call, you're going to be appearing yeah. on Saturday Night TV. Can't make it up, can you? But no. you know what, man, it's, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, there's not many musos and actors I know at the minute it's, things are working out for them, but you certainly... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing. You know, Even if it's something just to see you through all of this, you know. That's it. Do you know what I mean? And actually, I've been telling myself, well, when I, since I started TikTok, I thought I'm going to treat this little, you know, this little app like a game. And I'm just going to see how many followers I can get during lockdown. Because yeah. I know that when everything goes back to normal, uh, at the time I was like, oh, I'll just probably, I'll pack it in then, you know, I'll see how many followers I get and then I'll just leave it alone and go and work in the real world like I did before. Yeah. Um, not expecting to get anywhere near the kind of following I have now. So I now feel like I can't. So now this is, <laughs> this is my life now is making TikToks, <laughs> making little 15 second videos. Stomping and on I've got to say, I even joined in on one of these. There was a really nice acapella thing that you put on Instagram. Um mm. Tale of Witches 3, I think it was called. Oh, yes, yes, you did. And You're I, right, yeah. yeah. And so I, I was, I thought, oh, I've, got to, I've got to do something. So I was watching it. I thought, wonder if he sung that in tune to a certain key. So I just, yeah, I knocked up a little rock track and yeah, you can check it out on the Instagram there. It's but brilliant. it actually yeah, came out, out fun, didn't it? It did. Sounds great. To the point where we now need to make it a bigger track. Yes, that's what we said about it, wasn't it? It was so good. Yeah, man. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But this is, again, again, that's just what I love about what I think. I think during lockdown, everyone's, and during the whole, the last year, everyone's obviously had to deal with a lot and, you know, varying amounts, like, you know, personal lives and everything. But the one thing that everyone's been missing, like, universally, is just this sense of connection with people. You know, like, yeah. we're all very social beings. And I think regardless of what your situation is, everyone misses social interaction to some degree. And I yeah. think what this, what this trend and what what apps like TikTok have, have been able to do for people is give people that ability to connect with each other. And I think that's the biggest draw, you know, draw that I've seen from, from these sorts of videos. And, and, you know, it's why I love making them because you, you make a video and it gets X amount of, you know, likes or whatever, but then you can on TikTok click on the bottom right and there's a little spinning record disc that has the sound you click on the sound and it will come up with a list of all the people that have duetted the video. So that either that they've, just duetted it to say oh i love this and they're just jamming along with it right. or they're adding a harmony or an instrument or 
Amazing. anything and it's incredible because you just get to see you know you click on the sound and you see hundreds of people have duetted this this one video and you go that's that's amazing do you know what i mean that's that's something that for me i've definitely missing is that connection but the fact that you can put something out there and then other people can duet and then duet with each other and it just becomes this huge tree of you know people vibing off this same little bit of content yeah it, um, and that's why it's done so well i'm sure because people just crying out for creativity at, mm. from a social aspect you know and which is you know, maybe social media is actually being social for once. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I definitely feel like TikTok is, for me at least, a much more positive place than other social medias yeah, um, can be. But uh, but it's just, it's yeah, it's been, you know, as you say, it's it's been something that has kept me busy, uh, kept my brain ticking over and um, and just, yeah, just kept my, my head, you know, my... Uh, head in the game as it were you know what i mean keeping yourself fresh and everything but um Good it's been great fun absolutely is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to mention oh i don't know um other than go check out my stuff on uh, <laughs> sam yes. pope music that's my that's my handle sam pope music on uh, all channels um also go check out Go check out the Weller Men as well. The Weller Men, that's the group. We're, we're working on an album, so we're going to bring that out um, in the following months. We're working on it. We're starting recording at the moment. So Great. Um, you've, got to keep those, you've got to keep those Obi-Wan impressions coming, man. They're oh, absolutely. I'm, well, I've been bought. I was, I've literally got it right next to me here. But um, I had a, a, a couple of supporters donated money to buy me a uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi co costume. So I've now got the yes. cosplay yeah. Full on thing, which I've used in one video so far, but um, I want to use it in more. Uh, and I've got my lightsaber here. Got my my parents got me this for my birthday, which is amazing. So I've got uh... <laughs> nice man, so good. I could but, lend um, you some stuff. I've got you know, I've got well, I got Darth Vader and Kylo Ren just here. Oh uh, yes, I got Boba Fett over there, but you can't see him, and yeah, loads of other stuff up in the house. So. Amazing. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm, I figured I might start a a series of because um, I've also got bought an Obi Wan Kenobi dressing gown so i thought right. i might start a series of obi-wan kenobi in like stuck at home like in lockdown or whatever and just well, doing I mean, him in like just in yeah. pants a vest and a, and a dressing gown i mean i'm pretty sure that's what the disney plus show on him is going to be about you know just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yeah you should do it <laughs> just do it do, do it from home you know just yeah, making exactly. with his lightsaber and all sorts you know all that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> Sam Pope, thank you so much. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, it's been an absolute pleasure.